Hello, beautiful alchemist. Welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host, Yolanda. And I know um, that a lot of you are new to the community. I just want to say that I appreciate your messages, your emails. I'm glad that you have found the show. Hopefully, all of you listening have heard or um, will hear some content and conversations that really support you and, and inspire you on your path that's really why the the podcast was created, um, just to build community and have a space where we can all learn and grow from each other's um, work, stories, be inspired, <laughs> learn about even different modalities that perhaps you just have a curiosity about, whatever it may be. But I thank you for being here and um, just thank you so much for those of you who reach out. Another thing you can do, if you do enjoy the podcast, if you enjoy the show, I'd really appreciate if you rate it, um, if you rate the show on your favorite podcast platform, that really helps us with reaching other uh, energy healers, other seekers, other energetic alchemists. So I thank you for taking the time to do that. Well, beauties, on today's episode, you are going to learn some more. <laughs> Today, we have a conversation all about Chinese medicine and acupuncture, which is something, you know, I have been curious about since coming into this work and on this path. I remember, in fact, when I first started learning and practicing Reiki, the correlation in my mind was that it was similar to um, Reiki itself was similar to acupuncture without needles. And it was just the thought that it is another way of moving energy through the body um, in a non-evasive way. But I wasn't very sure, of course, about the details and the science of acupuncture. And so I'm very happy that we have a conversation today with Dr. Laurel Stewart. And Dr. Laurel Stewart is an acupuncturist, and she also is a massage and yoga therapist. And she is going to teach us a lot about the benefits of acupuncture and how this um, really works with the energy body. And of course, on a physical level, there is a lot about her work um, that I'm sure a lot of you would find interest in. And in fact, when the podcast is over, you can go to her website, calgaryacupuncturemassage.com or dracumassage.com. The links to connect with Dr. Laurel will be down in the show description. So I hope that you enjoy this beautiful conversation, um, we talk about a lot <laughs> with not just acupuncture itself. So I hope that you enjoy. Don't forget, if you do, you can always reach out to the guest on the show. Let them know what you think about their work or ask them any questions that you may have. And I will see you on the other side. Hey everyone, we are here with the beautiful Dr. Laurel Stewart, who is going to share with us all about Chinese, traditional Chinese medicine, um, acupuncture and chakras. So first, I just want to thank you for taking the time to come and have this conversation today. Thank you, Yolanda. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm interested in this because there are so many people, even within the realm of Reiki, that are very curious about chakras and of course, 
acupuncture and acupressure come up a lot, um, as well as some other aspects of Chinese medicine. But I wanted to ask first about your journey, because I saw that yoga became a part of your life at an early age, and then you started forest yoga in the Barbados. So could you tell us a little bit about your journey, how you got connected to yoga and then traditional Chinese medicine? Okay, so I'm, because of my own health challenges, I knew that I needed to take care of my body and my mind. And I wasn't a gym person. I was very, um, I didn't dislike uh, using weights. And so that led me to yoga. I found, I found uh, the yoga practice and I fell in love with it. And because I had such a deep love for yoga, I started to wonder, well, what else does the East have to offer in terms of health care? Mm-hmm. And that led me to acupuncture. My first actual acupuncture session was with an acupuncturist in Barbados. And he needled my back and I had an emotional release. And I was like, whoa, this stuff is deep. <laughs> so that led me to study traditional Chinese medicine and to combine it with yoga it's really interesting first of all just that health challenges um would have led you to yoga so even prior to the chinese um medicine exploration how did yoga really help you with that was it the connection to your body was it just the movement what is it that you felt really supported you both the movement and the breath Mm -hmm. because the breath is the key to our consciousness and using using the breath we can we can do so much with our body and our state of mind and for me the yoga brought me a sense of peace it made my body feel good and that was the door that just the gateway that opened me to other alternative forms of health care yeah that's really interesting And then another thing I wanted to ask you about yoga before we get into um, going deeper into the chakras is you do offer what you call yin and yang yoga and um, mentioning that there is benefit to practicing both. So could you share a little bit about what is yin yoga and then versus what is yang yoga? Okay, so yin yoga is a a form of yoga that is tends to be tends to be (laughs) a bit more gentle. It focuses on the connective tissue. It is a slower practice. You move into maybe if you're practicing for an hour, sometimes maybe you can, you can take, you can spend like half an hour in one yin posture, or you can maybe if you're doing an hour class, maybe you can do up to five, maybe a little bit more than that. You're not really flowing. You're just coming into a pose and you're sitting in the pose and it is working on specific tissues. Mm. So it is, it can be quite, it can be, a yin class can be restful, while it, while a yang class will be more active, a yang class will build heat, in a yang class we're focusing more on um, the muscles of the body, in yin, no, we tend to focus more on connective tissue, that's the, that is the biggest difference. Okay. And because you're in these postures for such a long time, there's time to explore what's happening in your mind. Yeah. And so then when people, when you say that there's a benefit to both, I mean, I could see why 
there would be a benefit to us practicing being in more of a stillness and just like breathing and being more passive, but also, of course, um, being more active and the change in our breath and the movement of energy with that, um, with those types of flows. But so is this something that people practice back to back or that you practice back to back or do you do like yin one day and then yang another day? You can practice it back to back, uh-huh. but you can also practice yin one day, yang one day. Okay. Uh, and then, one, sorry. You oh, can, no, no, no. Go ahead, please. One of my mentors, I think um, she wrote, she, she, she wrote a book on restorative yoga and what prompted that was the loss of her son. And so for a, for an entire year, she only practiced restorative, which is a yin style, mm-hmm. restorative type yoga, just because she felt that she needed that support. So it really depends on the individual, how they want to practice. I do recommend that you make some time for yang because strength is important. Um, working with, with working with both energies is important. Yeah, that's really interesting because I think a lot of people do practice, um, tend to practice more one or the other, but probably don't necessarily think of the benefit of both, just going with the style that perhaps you just feel more called to. That's really interesting. So what about the forest yoga? Can, can I just say one? Yes. Yang practices, they always end. They have, there's, all, there's a bit of yin in the yang practice when you have shavasana mm. and you and you get to lay there and just, you know, be still. Yes. So there is a bit of, there is more, I think there is more yin in, in, in our yang practices today. Um, less yang in our yin practices today. Mm. But people just need to be aware of, of what they really need. Yeah, being in connection with even, um, it seems like not just the body itself, but the state of mind that you're in and the intention around whatever it is you may be practicing. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm so curious to hear about the forest yoga that you started in Barbados in 2006. How did that come about? And what is that exactly? Okay, so forest yoga is named after its creatress. Create, create tricks, that's what she calls herself, Anna Forrest. And yoga for Anna has always been about healing, very, very much about healing. She was born with specific health challenges and she had, she had to deal with a lot of um, trauma issues as a child. Uh-huh. And that led her to yoga. And when she took when she took her first yoga class, she basically couldn't touch her toes. And she was like, what? <laughs> I need to do some more of this stuff. But she, what she found was that traditional styles, she was injuring her body quite a bit. Hmm. So she designed forest yoga to help deal with the injuries that she was experiencing in her body, as well as what was happening with some of her students. I found Anna in a yoga magazine. Um, I, when I found Anna, I was already practicing. I was probably practicing, I don't know, maybe four or five years of just a more traditional uh, vinyasa style. And I saw her in this magazine, and she's doing this handstand. Her legs are up in the air in a spin. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> I didn't really know what I was signing up for. <laughs> but I, but that's, 
that was the inspiration that led me to her. And when I, when I actually did take the training with her, and I realized how intense it was because we always warm up before, which kind of gets the energy flowing through the lower chakras. And when I, when I, when I realized what I signed up for, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much like, this is so much strength work, so much. And not only that, the practice asks you to, to be honest with yourself. What are you feeling? Mm. And so it, it is, it brought up some stuff that, well, I needed to, to deal with. <laughs> so it was, it was, I, it, it's just a, a really great practice. It's a bit slower than uh, traditional yang forms of yoga. And we always, because we always start with floor work, we always, we always warm up the back before we move into traditional flows. So it, it, it is very grounding and it has a bit of, of yin in it as well. Mm-hmm. compared I think to some other practices interesting yeah I had never heard of it so I was so curious and is this something that is literally practiced in the forest or you can practice it within a studio <laughs> it has nothing to do with the forest okay her, her last name is is forest f-o-r-r-e-s-t so that's what it's called forest yoga. oh okay <laughs> yeah and you can find it you can find it in studios I do believe you should be able to find these videos around you. Okay, so let's get into the more traditional Chinese medicine um, and how this also corresponds with chakra energy. So for people who are unfamiliar with traditional Chinese medicine and especially your area of focus, could you give us a little bit of background about that and who it may be for, who it's beneficial for? Okay. So traditional Chinese medicine has been around for a very long time. Some of the earliest, it is, it is the medicine, it is the traditional medicine of China. And some of the earliest records we have date back to between 15th to 11th century before the Common Era. So it's been around for a very long time. What, I, what is really useful about it today, it is, it is a, a complementary form of medicine today, but people can use it to just bolster their health. It is a very good uh, practice for folks who have lifestyle diseases that Western medicine is not managing very well. Mm-hmm. Traditional Chinese medicine can really complement what Western medicine is doing to create better health. Okay. Which is, so- which is the key me actually so it can be complimentary but it sounds like you're saying it's also um used just as like maintenance for overall well-being so you don't necessarily have to have like an identified issue so to speak but you might still that is one of the beauties of traditional chinese medicine actually you can go to see your acupuncturist they're gonna some most of the times when you go to see your acupuncturist, there are two ways we diagnose. We feel your pulse and we also look at your tongue. So by looking mm-hmm. at your tongue, I can tell, hey, maybe you are prone to digestive issues or are prone to poor sleep or there's something happening in your heart or maybe you're just really stressed out. I can use the acupuncture to just boost, gently boost your system. Uh. Better health. Oh. Okay. And then 
just curious too for I've only had it once but it was like community style I don't Mm. I don't know but um for people who may not have ever experienced acupuncture what are some typical or common um responses that people say or may encounter I mean one does it hurt (laughs) I know people (laughs) wonder about that but what do people usually feel or experience on the other side okay so so the first thing is some people obviously have this um, fear of, you know, being pricked with needles. Right. Most of the time, because we don't know where all the pain, the, the pain receptors are, and if we hit a vascular structure under the skin, that will also hurt. Yeah. I cannot promise you <laughs> that it may not pinch a little, uh-huh. but at most, that's what you're going to feel. It's going to be like a slight sting at most. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, most of the needles are pretty much pain free. Okay. So that's the first thing. Then you you're just you're just settling there, you're just sitting there or laying there with the needles in. And some people find it very refreshing. Some people find it very relaxing. I do have clients that come in just because it gives them a chance to deep to deeply rest. Yeah. So they feel more rejuvenated. Okay. Most people, what you should notice after a treatment, you should probably feel more calm. Your energy should be a little bit steady, should feel more steady, and your sleep should improve. So those three things are some of the first three things you should notice with a treatment. If you've come in for pain, uh, you can have really good results. You may leave with the pain maybe sometimes all gone or maybe half gone it may return Mm -hmm. but you should experience really good results with pain for for some conditions it takes quite a few treatments before you get any real change but the 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 conditions that i mentioned earlier folks should start to see those right away with sleep and with better mood and better energy folks should start to notice that right away Oh, beautiful. And there has to be this curiosity too, I'm sure. And maybe this will bring us into talking a bit about energy channels, maybe even, you know, talking about meridians. Mm. Um, how does this work? Because, you know, if if we see acupuncture, I'm sure a lot of people may wonder about the placement of the needles and why or how that even has an impact. So could you talk a little bit about how this connects with us energetically speaking. Okay, so from centuries of experimentation and working with sensitive uh, individuals, person started to notice, okay, so I have pain in my jaw. If I squeeze a point on my hand, then sometimes this takes away the pain. Or I have a pain in my back. If I massage a point on my foot this can take away uh the the discomfort that I'm feeling so the points it is it has taken a long time but they've found that there are channels or energy pathways that connect to specific organs within the body and by working with those points you can affect specific organs or specific parts of the body. In Western medicine, because they still don't really understand how it works, we just know that from observation and from years of use, it does something. 
In Western medicine, it is believed that when you insert the needle, you're creating biochemical changes in the body that allow the body to heal. That's really, really interesting. I mean, one, as you were describing it, I was thinking, can you imagine the people who are initially even in that deep of observation of themselves? Do you know what I mean? Like if you didn't already know (laughs) which pressure points connect with what, how um, self-aware and observant you would have to be to even notice like, wow, if I press here, this is going to, you know, make a shift or change in my my headache or my feeling. That's really interesting. I think I think these doctors, they had to be, they had to be very observant one because their whole life depended on when you look at traditional cultures, their whole life depended on treating their patients as well. Yeah. So if, if they didn't do a good job, it's like they couldn't eat, they couldn't live. Yeah. Yeah. They really had to be very focused. And then there are like famous doctors that they would use herbs on themselves just to figure out how it would work, what it would do. But it, it is true. It is true. Centuries of observation that we have this information. So you mentioned, you know, the acupuncture, but also just now you were talking about, um, you know, pressing different areas. So do you practice both acupuncture and acupressure? And is the are they very similar in result or is there some difference? Okay. I find the needling to be stronger, but uh-huh. everybody is different. Mm-hmm. So someone may respond really well to acupressure. When I have kids in clinic, most kids don't respond. You can't needle most kids. They've yeah. And that affects the treatment. So what I found really helps is actually using sound to stimulate the acupoints. That's something that everybody can use. I find using sound stronger than acupressure, but not as strong as needling. Because with needling, when we're using sound, we use tuning forks most of the time to activate the acupoints. So uh-huh. I would activate a tuning fork and I'd put it on an acupoint. So at most, I'm probably going to stimulate the point for probably 10 minutes using that method. When I put a needle in, I put a needle in, I leave my client to relax. Right. So... You can, you do see, it depends on the individual, but you are going to, you should see some benefit uh, using acupuncture, acupressure, or sound. The beautiful thing about acupressure and sound is that folks can learn to do it on their own. And there's another thing, most people think, okay, so I have a headache. They said I can press this one point, this one acupoint on my hand. And the headache should go away. And then it doesn't go away. And people say, oh, it doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> but the truth is, is that when you're when we're in a clinic setting, we're not gonna just okay, so there I should I should step back a little bit. There are masters that can probably needle one point and take your pain away. Done. <laughs> but most of us are not masters in this art. We are we have we have good practitioners. We may need to use more than one at the point, but we are gonna get your results. So in clinic, we will probably come in between five to 10 acupoints in one treatment for your specific condition. We're not going to necessarily treat with just one acupoint. And I'm just curious, is it intuitive in any way? Or is it just based on like these particular points um, focus on this particular ailment or condition? 
or is there some aspect of it that does leave a bit of room for just how you may feel guided or do you ever get that there is there is yeah. it but it is based on a life science there is a life science it is based on ancient philosophy but mm-hmm. there is a little bit of room yeah um for intuition as well interesting okay so with the um energy channels that you spoke of we all are a lot more familiar with in the West anyway, there's more talk about the chakras. And could you share a little bit about, first of all, for people who may not know what the chakras are, and how they correspond with traditional Chinese medicine? Okay, so before the chakras came to the West, the term is the term was chakras. Mm -hmm. And it chakras were specific points for meditation on the body when when tantric yoga came to the came to the west we have no psychological um, ties to the chakras and this is also very relevant and useful when we so in so the chakras are for us today it's like some people see them as uh, spinning spheres of energy. Some people see them as databases of specific energy that happen uh, inside the body in front of the spine. Mm-hmm. So there are like areas in the body, like for example, your heart. When someone has like a heartache, a heart pain, uh, maybe from a loss, a grief, they, they will feel it more in the center of the chest. They won't feel it they will feel it underneath the breastbone. You're not going to feel it particularly in the exact location of the heart. Mm-hmm. And then we feel the energy along the central line, along the central line of the body. And those spots where we tend to feel energy, those are chakras. So one of the things that really stands out, though, as you said, at some point they were considered like these points of meditation on the body. Mm-hmm. So do you... Even if someone um, isn't necessarily doing acupuncture or acupressure, is there just some uh, effect of this directing our mind or concentration on these energy centers that tends to promote some type of shift in body? The the clients can definitely focus on on the on the acu and on the chakra areas mm-hmm. that, that can help to create a shift but it's not necessary with acupuncture if the practitioner is focusing on that it should be enough to yeah. start to create some change okay and does that tend to work in the same way like if someone comes in and they say um it's kind of like what comes first the, the chicken or the egg is it more of like a physical ailment that the person may recognize in themselves or is it an emotional one so like would I come to you and say (laughs) oh I'm having pain in my body or or if I just said I have been grieving either way you would know where to go or what to work on yes Mm -hmm. in in traditional Chinese medicine uh the organs are tied to specific emotions oh okay so for example the lungs are tied to sadness Mm -hmm. the kidneys are tied to fear the heart is the heart is kind of, is tied to joy, so it, it depending on what emotion or what's going on, 
we know which meridians to look at. And then sometimes our traditional diagnosis, looking at the tongue and pulse, can confirm or complement what we're thinking or what we're seeing with, with a specific client. Yeah. So that's interesting too, because does it happen that sometimes someone may think there's one particular thing going on with them, but then with the diagnosis, they may find or understand that it was something else or pointing to something else. Like there's there's some other issue that was beneath the surface of what they were aware of. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because um, the body is so interconnected. And even how we look at the organs in traditional Chinese medicine, like we, have them in, we have them in different cycles. One organ is the mother or the child of another organ. One organ can over control another one. So all of these things are, some people come in and, and you start to talk to them or you see certain things and they're like, oh, that, that, could, that could definitely be part of the reason why I'm, I'm suffering with whatever condition it is. Mm-hmm. How does this help? I'm just curious as well, because you did mention, like, even if we didn't have a particular ailment, you know, this could be very beneficial for us just as like, I guess, managing our energy body or managing the physical and energetic expression of ourselves. Um, Does there tend to be like a clarity that comes like, is it common that people may come regularly? And it's just to maintain that sense of harmony, balance or clarity? Yes. Yes. What are the benefits of that? Like, is it coming weekly or? How often would you come for something like that? Well, for everyone, it, it depends. Mm. If you can come weekly, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But in, but in the West, it's more expensive. In China, they actually, because acupuncture is, is so much more affortable uh-huh. or, or covered, you covered by the state, you can, you can see an acupuncturist like every day. Oh, wow. Here, yeah. So it, it really... So if you, okay, let's say if you were to see an acupuncturist every day, we wouldn't needle the same points all the time. And even if you were to come every week, we wouldn't needle the same points all the time. If you had no change in your condition, we would still change the acupoints that we were using. Yeah. But yeah, you can, you can definitely come, you can definitely come as frequently as you like, uh, because it's just, it, it just, helps your body to better health helps your body to optimal health and life is about stresses so we can always do with a little bit of balance somewhere in our physical or emotional bodies and acupuncture can help with that but we have other things you know in meditation we have you know we have lots of different things we can use to help balance out the stresses of life. Acupuncture is just one of those things that you can add. So what about you and your practice? Because I believe, especially with your name, um, Dr. Acumassage, do you blend these techniques? Like are you blending the acupressure with massage or or using um, acupressure perhaps like while doing yoga? So I, I, combine, I combine the acupressure and sound acupuncture a lot in my yin yoga classes. I actually teach that quite frequently. Acu-massage, I do quite a bit of acupuncture and massage sessions in combinations because 
touch is touch is so human. Yeah. And a, a lot of time I will start, depending on what's going on with the client, I will start a session with massage, which builds a bit of trust, it builds connection. And then I will needle afterwards, which works deeper, which, you know, I can I can needle to affect the organs. With massage is more musculature and and emotional. But with the acupuncture, I can go deeper into the body. So I tend to do a mass in an acupuncture session, I'll do massage first and then acupuncture normally i wanted to ask you about that too because now that we're talking about it you also do therapeutic massage and as you mentioned like touches soul healing Mm -hmm. and so when you're doing all of these different um uh, techniques and practices even listen i love massage like i was just saying the other day like it is time i have to go at least once a month or i just feel completely off right yeah oh i love it but can you talk a little bit about even that i mean like yes i think there is some healing aspect to the touch itself but there has to be obviously like some movement of energy that's happening or even the masseuse is touching certain points I guess whether they intend to or not um how is that beneficial for us about just getting regular even massage okay so from from a more western point of view Mm -hmm. our bodies function better when they're more symmetrical Mm -hmm. but we have a dominant side and sometimes we have a job where we're twisting to one side or we're bending over to one side more than the other what that will do, it will create changes in tone of your muscle tissue. Mm-hmm. So you may find that some areas may be tighter, some areas um, not as tight on the body. That creates an imbalance in the symmetry or a greater imbalance in, in our symmetry that massage can help. So massage is very good for posture or like maybe you have a neck pain that masseuse is going to massage out some of the tension from your neck that makes you feel better. And energetically, yes, you're 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 connecting, you're connecting to someone, and and the and the the body skin is is such a, a sensitive organ, and it is deeply connected to our nervous system. So even though a masseuse might not be sure, might might not know specific acupoints, it would be awesome if they did. Uh, but even if they don't know specific acupoints, they're still going to be stimulating some of them. Right. They're still going to be in traditional Chinese medicine, uh, disease cannot occur when the energy in the body flows correctly. Mm. Pain is actually considered energy stagnation or either energy stagnation or blood stagnation. So when a masseuse is touching your body and, and helping to clear blockages in not just the muscle, but also the energy, that just improves your I love that. And that's just encouraging me now even more. I'm like, oh, I got to make an appointment. (laughs) But I was also (laughs) curious to ask you about mudras, you know, hand mudras, because we see this a lot. um, And sometimes it is spoken of, of like what the different hand mudras um, may point to or the type of energy connection and um, the intention of what the mudra is helping us do. But could you talk about 
how the mudras affect our energy centers. Like, what is that connection? What's the correlation? And does it have to do with any of these points? Like the, the, mm, are there certain points like in our fingertips that are causing this um, connection to very specific areas? Okay, so each finger is associated with a specific element. Mm-hmm. So we have the earth element, the air element, the fire element, and each finger is connected to one of those elements. Okay. So by actually bringing the fingers into specific positions and holding it, we can actually, we believe that it it affects the element in our body. Oh. Okay. And that's how, and that's how we can create, we can affect our health using, using mudras. So is it the typical way that we think of elements as it relates to the chakras or more so the elements as it relates to like Chinese theory? Yes, the chakras are, are tied to, to specific, well, actually the chakras, the chakras are tied to specific elements, like, but we, we can, I, I think in the West, we don't think of it that much, but mm-hmm. yeah, it is quite tied to traditional Chinese medicine as well, but definitely okay. cool. Interesting. So I'm curious about you too, because you do offer um, yoga and just for people listening, you're in Canada, correct? I am. So t- people can come to you um, in Canada in Calgary, is that where you live? Yes. 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 In Calgary. Me, you can come see me for acupuncture, for acu-massage, for massage in Canada. Uh-huh. But for yoga, you can find me online. Okay. So that's what I was curious about. So people can actually work with you and just from the convenience from their own home, do yoga with you and learn yes. some of these. Yeah. Okay. Things that you do. Perfect. So is that... Um, accessible on the doctoracumassage.com? Yes, it is. Okay. So I'm going to make sure I put that in the uh, show notes. So anyone who would love to have a session with you, do this yoga and connect with the beautiful work that you've shared today, we'll have that um, website link down in the show description. But I also wanted to ask you about, I saw that you had a book that may be coming out sometime soon. The Energetic yes. Anatomy Made Easy. Um, yes. Do you know, will that be coming out soon? And what is that it's about? It's coming out in December. <laughs> it's coming out in December. It is available for pre-order on Amazon. Okay. Yes. And, and what's it about? So it combines, it looks at, it combines the wisdoms of traditional Chinese medicine with the wisdoms from yoga. Oh, in, spe- wow. in, spe- in specific chakra psychology. So like one, so with each chapter, we're looking at a specific chakra and how you can affect the health of that chakra and the territories of, territories of the body that that chakra controls using traditional Chinese medicine. Or you can, you can look at a traditional Chinese medicine site and see how do I complement this with uh, chakra knowledge. So, for example, when we're looking at the root chakra, uh, when you when you compare it to the meridians of the body and the and the organ of the body, in traditional Chinese medicine, it quite strongly connects to the kidney meridian, 
and the kidney organ in traditional Chinese medicine. So if we were having problems with our root chakra, maybe knowing, maybe stimulating points along the kidney meridian would be able to help with that, with that specific issue that the person is dealing with. And this is stuff that you can do on your own. You don't necessarily have to come in to see me or see someone. This is stuff that the book, it has exercises and it shows you at the points that you can use to, to create better health within specific chakras or within specific uh, traditional Chinese medicine organ systems. That sounds like an amazing resource. And again, it's called Energetic Anatomy Made, Made easy. easy. Create an understanding, create, create, create better health through an understanding of your chakras and meridians. I love it. And you said we can pre-order that on Amazon. You definitely can. Okay. Well, I can't even imagine. I mean, there's just so much about your work that is so fascinating, but Thank I you. know that these are topics that people so many of us are very curious about so I can't thank you awesome. enough for coming to share all of this with us today so again for everyone this is Dr. Laurel Stewart and if you want to learn more about Laurel's work go to dracumassage.com and again I'll have that down in the show description thank you so much for coming to share your work today thank you Yolanda it was a pleasure to be here And we'll see you all very soon. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Okay, beautiful alchemist. I want to, first of all, thank Dr. Laurel again for coming to share her beautiful work with us here on the podcast. Don't forget her website is calgaryacupuncturemassage.com or dracumassage.com. The links to connect with Dr. Laurel are down in the show description. Also want to let you know, beauties, if you want access to more support on your path of energetic alchemy to really understand like how it is that we work with energy um, in very practical and tangible ways, if you want guided uh, support that will help you understand your practice in deeper ways, go to my website, theenergeticalchemist.com. The first thing you want to do is make sure you sign up for the newsletter because you get free access to creating with the moon and stars, as well as 22 days of transformation, which is a guided journey. You have these little video clips that you watch for 22 consecutive days that support you in coming into deeper connection with your self, which is in alignment with your energy practice. Then also, if you download my app, the Energetic Alchemist app, you can get it through the Apple um, App Store or Google Play for Androids. That also has so much content there for you. Um, There's free content. There's also a subscription on the app. You get access to alchemy tools, Reiki tools, guided journeys. Um, I update new content there all the time. I also do daily oracle readings by sign with my deck, the Energetic Alchemist Oracle. So there's just a lot there for you. You'll also see on the site that I have a new virtual class. Um, It's live. It will be live coming up on August 25th through the 27th. And it's called the Ultimate Healing Guide. I'm very excited about this class because 
of course, I often get questions about how to improve our practice. Um, but again, I'm excited because it will be live. It's been a while since I've done a live virtual event. Uh, a lot of classes available on my site are on demand. So if you want to work with me live, come ask your questions, participate in this very experiential um, course. It's called the Ultimate Healing Guide again, and you can register and save your seat right now. Go to my website, theenergeticalchemist.com. I thank you so much for being here, being part of the community. And remember to always journey in love. Mm-hmm.